But when you think back to their old, older films, you're like, you know, you think about ants and you're like, Woody Allen played like a talking ant. And yeah, it's like so random. It's Shark Tale, like Martin Scorsese was like the Shark puppet. Tale. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yes, hello and welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast that gives you the topics worth discussing and the movies worth watching. I am your host, David Osger, and today we are talking about animation, so I'm joined by my co-host, or, you know, you could call him an animated sidekick, kind of like in those group films where there's always that, like, sort of chilled out, angry guy, and then at the end of the film, he sort of, like, proves his worth by unleashing his fury and, and becoming a becoming a superhero. It, that that that's how I would see him in one of those situations. But that's yeah. a good description. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how can you be both chilled out and angry? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I I really don't like what you did there. It could be like uh, you're just your physical your physicality is chill, but your face is angry. You it's know? like a like, fr- a frustration, like yeah. you know. So like you know, you're chilled out, but you're just like. <laughs> I mean, that's one way of describing working with you, David. To be fair. <laughs> Shots fired. A lot of tension here today. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So like I said, everyone at home. Craig McDonald. Thanks. Fittingly as well, we came into the studio today and there's a new poster up which says good vibes only. So we're all feeling that today. I think they've been listening to some of mine and Craig's conversations or (laughs) or some of our behind the scenes uh, uh, audio perhaps. Uh, Today we are talking about animation. It's a big year for animation this year because you've got uh, DreamWorks bringing out uh, two films on quite like a big year for them. They got their sequel to Trolls with uh, Trolls World Tour. And for that, we're eternally sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, they're also meant to have The Croods 2 out later this year. Uh, We'll see if that still goes ahead because we haven't sort of seen or heard anything about it yet. Um, But, you know, they've had quite a big catalogue of films. Yeah, it just seems like something worth celebrating in in opposition to Disney. Obviously, we've just had Pixar bring out Onward as well. Um, So, you know, even though we're talking about the rival company to Disney... Uh, they do have a back catalogue, which I think is uh, is worth discussing. So who better to discuss that with with somebody who used to work for DreamWorks? Uh, she's been on the show before. It's uh, Nia Alavizos. Hello. Hello. And thank you for having me again. Oh, no great problem. To be back. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And like I said, hopefully there'll be lots more topics we can discuss in the future as well. Yes, definitely. Um, how are you feeling with this year of animation? Obviously, I know you got a lot on. You saw like changed jobs you're now working in bristol yes i just started in january at sun and moon animation um we're working on a fantastic new series top secret it's going to be announced soon but i think you guys are really going to love it oh awesome Um, and i'm also a part of the cardiff animation festival which is next month yes yeah. the second through the fifth of april tickets are on sale now so you guys should definitely Mm -hmm. uh check it out check out the program there's going to be some fantastic stuff like um my old job um at Bad Wolf Studios, His mm-hmm. Dark Materials. They're going to do a master class with like puppetry and visual effects and all that stuff. Um, Ardman's going to have an exhibition. There's going to be lots of like workshops and great stuff for animation fans. So if you're local to yeah. Cardiff or um, anywhere else in the UK, come on down. Yeah, I think even um, James, who was on like the first episode you're on, James Gay, I think he's got some tickets booked yes. for it as well. So yeah, it's good to see. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Of, I'll be there every day. Ah, awesome. There you go. So yeah. Uh, pop down and yeah hopefully we'll have some uh, involvement with fresh take being able to cover some stuff and oh, review yeah, it as that'd well be fantastic 
like I said, it's a big year for animation this year in terms of sometimes you can feel that it is just dominated by Disney or Pixar or, you know, maybe just DreamWorks and Disney Pixar. But, you know, before we go into like the full sort DreamWorks conversation, I think it is worth note of just how many different types of animation are out this year. So like I said previously, you've got Onward, which um, has just come out. Uh, you got the SpongeBob movie, uh, Sponge on the Run. You got Scoob, which is um, just had its final trailer come out. Uh, you got Minions, The Rise of Gru. Uh, you got, like I said, Trolls and the Crudes. Uh, you got Raya and the Last Dragon, I think it is, the Disney uh, film, which is meant to be coming at the end of the year. Uh, you got a Bob's Burgers film, which has been talked about for a long time. Pixar's doing a double whammy this year as well with Soul. So, you know, there's quite a lot of different types of animation and also different styles as well. I think it's also, uh, what's the film that's coming from Sony, which is uh, the Spider-Verse guys? Oh, Um, it's, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's got that like really... Connected, is it? Something like that. It's got that weird pug running around. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. the trailer, it was like released a few days ago, I think. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's fantastic. But I forgot the name. Yeah. Um, Horrible names. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean the name had nothing to do with pugs, so I think everyone's <laughs> just forgotten about it. They yeah. just remember the dopey dog being like, hey. "Yes, it is slow mo." Yeah, it is called connected. Yeah, so um, yeah, the, the weird thing with that. I film, want, no, the ironic thing about it is the name connected failed to connect the plans to its movie. Yeah, that is unacceptable. But I think it's uh, it's interesting how, especially in that trailer, they sort of set it up as like this girl and she's a filmmaker and it's this family thing and then it turns into like this alien invasion thing and you're like whoa what is going on mm. here but but again it kind of fits in with like a lot of these films this year like the scoop trailer has got like you know uh hannah barbera characters and superheroes and scooby-doos on like a spaceship and stuff like that and spongebob you know they're going down that whole like you know real life um live action animation hybrid thing again and yeah you know they're doing a lot more like experimental things what, what are your guys thoughts on like the year ahead are you are you looking forward to any specifically are you sort of like do you think animation is doing better than before? Do you think it's... You've just described loads of alien invasion plots for people <laughs> and said that animation is doing creative things. No, but in terms yeah. of connected, the style is similar to Spider-Verse. Obviously, they've got a unique animation style. I think Scoob is kind <clears throat> of trying to set itself apart from the Disney style of animation. Mm. Same with SpongeBob. Is but... it though we just watched it and commented on how much like uh, Freddie, Daphne and Vera look like Disney characters? Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like how they're trying to make a lot more mm. for people to choose from, but some like now sort of starting to look the same, especially yeah. with like in terms yeah. of 3D mm. um, animation and stuff. But I just like how there's an ongoing stream mm. of animation as opposed to just Disney or yeah. Pixar, and that's like the only two big films released throughout mm-hmm. the year but now there's like Sony and like all these other options which yeah. which is good but it's also good for the cinema industry because you know a lot of uh, franchises or genres these days will be sidelined now into oh that can only work on streaming or this isn't worth a cinematic release whereas animation still always does well in the cinema because it'll bring in families yes, and children that's the so, main thing, yeah. so the box office for animation has always done generally pretty well which also leads to like I said quite generic 3d films being released because they can make them quite cheap but still turn quite a decent profit but but yeah i I think it's uh quite interesting even like said even though uh everyone here hasn't got as much of a 
history with, say, Trolls, which obviously is like very family friendly film. I think even that, I was kind of like, well, you know, I appreciate what they're doing here. You know, they're setting up like a very expansive world and, you know, like the different musical genres of the different different troll cultures. And I was like, okay, well, you know, they're all trying to do this kind of like Wreck-It Ralph, um, Pixar kind of thing of like, you know, exploring different universes and different worlds and setting up different animation styles to show that. So, you know, it is exciting in, in that context, but hopefully at the end of the year, we won't be just sitting there being like, oh God, Scooby-Doo, SpongeBob, I'm sick of all. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully they do some good stuff. I would like to see more original stories. Yeah. But like Pixar is doing two originals, which is yeah. nice, but I don't know. I just want to see the other studios finally like take a risk. Yeah. Give us something new that we've never seen before. Well, hopefully yeah. that's what Connected might be. Cause yes. That seems to be of the ones we've been discussing the most original. Yes. Mainly today, guys, we wanted to talk about uh, DreamWorks because uh, they are a massive uh, part of the animation world. Uh, they've been here for a very long time. We've talked on the show a lot about, you know, Disney and Disney animation. So obviously DreamWorks is a big part of that animation game for the past few years as well, being one of the biggest rivals to Disney. So we're going to go through uh, a bit of the history of the company, talking about our overview, like our thoughts about like what we think of DreamWorks as a whole. So just how somebody could say, you know, what do you think about Pixar? What do you think about Disney animation? You know, DreamWorks has that sort of like, you know, thoughts and feelings attached to it as well. Um, and then we'll be talking about the films themselves. So we'll be going through some of our favorites, uh, some of the ones that sort of stick out in our minds. And then, of course, we'll be talking about which ones we think deserve to go into the movie Vault, uh, which is our vault of films that encapsulates films for all time. So have a think about that when we're going through some of our discussions. To kick us off, like I said, we're, we're talking about DreamWorks. Uh, the company was started... Uh, mainly by Jeffrey Katzenberg as a sort of collaboration with uh, Steven Spielberg and David Geffen and a few other people. Um, he wanted to create a company which made live action and uh, animation films, which is quite interesting as well. When you look at the live action, you forget the films like War Horse and, um, you know, Lincoln and The Help. And you're like, oh, yeah, these are DreamWorks films as well. Um, but the animation side was obviously very much a reaction to his time at Disney, which... Um, if you don't know about, go onto YouTube. There are plenty of history videos yes. we were talking about before. Um, and check out, is, is it uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty, that documentary? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and even Very like strong. I said, we were talking about the drama as well with the Black Cauldron. If you look at some of the history there in which Jeffrey Katzenberg sort of edited the film, took like 12 minutes out of it. Um, and let's not forget that famous feud of which came first, Bugs Life or Ants? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> the chicken or the egg? Yes. Um, yeah. Or in this case, it's the egg or the slightly different color egg. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Je Jeffrey Katzenberg, like I said, for those who don't know, he was involved in the early days of what people would consider the Disney Renaissance. So films like um, The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Um, but he eventually left Disney um, sort of like following a dispute with many of the sort of like leading members of that company, um, particularly Roy Disney, because they felt that he was taking too much credit for, you know, the accomplishments of the company. Uh, so, you know, he decided that he wanted to do it on his own. And, and a lot of those animation films that then came out, like Craig said, held many parallels. So like Ants and Bugs Life were quite similar. You know, he was doing films like The Road to El Dorado, which had a lot of similarities to sort of like Lion King and uh, Aladdin. 
Um, I would have said that Emperor's New Groove would be a direct comparison there. Yeah. yeah. To an extent. Yeah, exactly. Um, or like Prince of Egypt more towards like the Aladdin type. Yeah. yeah. I was mainly thinking of like when they have the like tough to be a god, the sort of animation style of that is quite um, Aladdin-y and sort mm. of like friend like me animation. That's true. So, Even but, with the character designs too and like the colors, it's yeah. all like... Is this Disney or? You know? Yeah, exactly. So for a long time, they were trying to be like, oh, well, they're doing really well with 2D animation. We're also going to be like a big house for anim- uh, 2D animation. Uh, shortly after many failures and financial losses, they then realized the 3D was their thing. Um, and I found it surprising, uh, looking back uh, as well, at how much, how early Shrek was. Because in my head, I was like, there was quite a lot of films before Shrek. And then when I looked at it, I was like, no, there actually wasn't. You know, it was mainly like 2D stuff. But Shrek came out when they were still releasing things like uh, Stallion Spirit, uh, Spirit, Stallion and Cimarron. So that really did pave the way for them in terms of making their own voice. Because like I said, Ants came out as this kind of weird comparison to A Bug's Life. But it wasn't really until Shrek came out that, that they then really started to go, oh, well, this is actually what we're good at is being anti-Disney, not so much like yes. Disney comparative. So, um, yeah, that that was, you know, an interesting period. And like I said, since then, you know, they've had like a lot of different uh, successes. Most of their animated films have been pretty much successful uh, ever since. They've had a lot of different purchases and uh, buyouts of different companies. So we've seen uh, like Paramount has had involvement, 20th Century Fox even had involvement at some point, which is interesting now that they've been bought by Disney because obviously if they kept that relationship, then Disney might have owned all of their stuff as well. Can you imagine like the life we would live? Like- <laughs> yeah. um, but the most recent one we've got now is um, more of a collaboration with Universal Pictures, uh, which means that Universal actually owns as well Illumination and DreamWorks. Uh, but there's a lot, also a lot more um, collaboration with uh, Oriental DreamWorks and the a- Asian animation companies that they've set up. So things like Kung Fu Panda 3 and Abominable, uh, which are two of their most recent big pictures, they've been produced by these sort of like Asian uh, parts of the DreamWorks company, which are called Oriental DreamWorks. And there's also a company called Pearl Studio, which sort of collaborated on uh, Abominable. Uh, but yeah, looking looking through their big franchises, like you said, you got your big ones like uh, Madagascar. You got like we said previously Shrek. You got films like Over the Hedge. You got the B movie, Monsters vs <laughs> <Classic>. Aliens. <laughs> uh, that Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon, Monsters vs Aliens, Mega Mind, uh, The Crudes, Rise of the Guardians, Turbo, Home. Like we said before, Trolls, recently they've had a lot of success with The Boss Baby, uh, Captain <laughs> Underpants. Uh-huh. Uh, Nia, you worked on the Captain Underpants TV series yes, as well. So they yeah. had the film, which was the first epic movie, which actually makes me a bit sad that there wasn't a second I epic know. movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Never thought of that. I mean, it makes me sad too. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Doug's first movie. It's like, <laughs> was there a oh, second no. movie? You know? um, that's what happens when everyone's trying to cult people. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Let's but, take a moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you look through that list, like you said, it's you can look through a list of Disney films and be like, oh yeah, very much, you know, like you said, you could have The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, you know, like they're all like, you know, Disney princess films and stick with that line and then Mulan, Hercules, they kind of stick to a similar kind of, but with DreamWorks, they very much do have this, you know, very different properties, collaborations with different companies, um, very sort of like popular sort of franchises as well a lot more like 
pop culture I suppose you could say, like whereas Disney could be a bit more like, you know, traditional fairy tales, teaching people lessons. You know, I, I think the fact that when I was watching Shrek, they had like an extra on the Blu-ray, which was like DreamWorks jukebox. And I was like, this really does underpin what DreamWorks is about because, you know, it had the songs of the DreamWorks films and obviously you'd watch a Disney jukebox and it would be like all the, you know, the love songs and stuff. Whereas this was... I like to move it from Madagascar <laughs> and Kung Fu fighting from uh, Kung Fu Panda. And I was like, this really does depict what DreamWorks animation has been like, especially in that sort of heyday of the animation, because they very much do appeal to that sort of like popular family, you know, and they scare everyone moving and all these big pop songs and that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it's very much a different approach and it, it's seen them go through some rough times and good times and, so you know what are your guys thoughts as to your general feelings as how how do you look at dreamworks compared to like say bigger companies like like disney etc um i kind of respect the fact that if you look at dreamworks compared to disney or pixar they take more risks in terms of their stories because like you mentioned there's a lot of diversity in what films that they've released but it just shows me that you know like okay we're going to make this movie here Mm -hmm. about a bunch of animals going you know trying to escape the zoo or shrek this ogre you know but they just their films aren't perfect per se and I haven't been a fan of like them using pop culture as like their main go-to for humor but um, now especially like when they branched out to like TV and all that stuff they take more risks and I think they're open to failure I guess just in terms of what types of films they produce whereas you look at Disney and it's like another princess film or Pixar it's like another sequel you know that sort of stuff so that's my general like feeling yeah they don't seem to make themselves as much of a brand now I think before you could kind of attribute you know things like Over the Hedge and Madagascar is kind of like the DreamWorks brand. It was like celebrity voices, yes, big pop songs, big in-your-face humor. But since then, like I said, they do seem to be like trying out different styles and different stories um, with things like Captain Underpants, Trolls, you know, taking different properties and, and working with those. Uh, what are your sort of feelings, Craig? I don't know. I've never had like the greatest relationship with DreamWorks films, not because of like disliking a lot of their films per se. It's just... I've never had much of a drive to go and see all that many DreamWorks films. Mm. I do think that, like, visually, I think they master a lot of elements. And I think, like, some of their films are probably, like, the best visually looking animated films I, I think I've seen in a while. Probably, mm. probably like, second to, like, you know, certain, like, anime classics. But that's, like, the, the, the completely different, mm-hmm. different kettle of fish. I think for me, it's always been the case of, like, I, I think, as you say, Nia, like, the degree to which they use pop culture has irked me somewhat. Um, so it's the, it is their films that try and avoid that sort of way of communication that speak to me like a lot uh, speak to me a lot more. Um, I'm not sure if I'm hinting at which of the DreamWorks films <laughs> at this point are my favourites. Um, eh, probably am. Don't care. Um, I think that's generally what it comes down to, right? I think did I think while Disney spent a lot of time like perfect like perfecting a lot of the storytelling elements and like oh, their animation has always been quite strong in that regard anyway. Mm. I think for me, where like the the daring aspects of like DreamWorks pays off a lot more is like is like a lot of the like the visuals and the world building in that sense. Uh, with one notable exception, which I hope we get to rip on at some point because it, it needs it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's also kind of that like sometimes oddball sort of stuff. Obviously, not so much in recent years, but when you think back to their old older films, you're like, you know, you think about ants and you're like. 
Woody Allen played like a talking ant, and yeah, it's like so random. It's Shark Tale, like Martin Scorsese was like the Shark puppet. Tale. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things you forget, isn't it? And yeah. you're just like, what? Why? <laughs> and it's it's so you know they do have that sort of reputation as well as just being. I think again maybe because it comes from the Spielberg Katzenberg sort of thing of being you know more big names in Hollywood. They have these links to these big filmmakers. So just some of the things they've done, like like. Like Jerry Seinfeld is a bee for yeah. God's sake, and that that film is quite. I think I saw. I don't know why I was watching, but I think it was actually when I was watching that jukebox thing. There must have been like one of the music videos was from Bee Movie, and it was like the bit in the film where they're going around and sort of repollinating everything. And I was like, I always forget like how grim it is that like everything turns grey and starts dying in that yeah. film because the bees go on strike. So fun fact about that film: uh, I have not seen the Bee Movie, although I know every word in it because. One of the most popular things online for a while to do to, like, prank someone is... Uh, so I had a friend of mine, uh, Megan, who fre- uh, some of her friends got onto her Facebook account and, as a status, posted the entire script of the B movie. Oh, wow. So, like, when I was j- coming home from London on the bus, I was like, oh, I'm really bored. I need something to do. I know. I'm going to read the entire script. Good Lord. Of- <laughs> I read the entire script of the B movie <laughs> off my friend's Facebook page. Oh, wow. Okay. What are your thoughts on that the script? It just, it seems like four different movies in one. Like, it just jumps around. It's like, like first he's just, like, lamenting the fact he's stuck in this, uh, stuck in this sort of, like, continuous regime. Uh, regime. Uh, then he gets a human girlfriend. Then he sues humanity for the use of, uh, unlawful use of honey. And then the world starts to die. I'm just yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> so, Nia, like, what, what's your sore feelings as well as somebody who's, like, worked in DreamWorks? You were saying before about, you know, it was interesting going around and you see, like, concept art and stuff like that. You know, was that quite an eye-opening experience for, like, actually being in a big animation company to see how they work and how they approach ideas and stuff like that? Was Were you mainly sort of confined to that one project or did you sort of see a lot of discussions about like you know what they wanted to do and stuff as well for the most part um because it's like a big company if you're like you're hired only for like the given project so i was only on the captain underpants Mm -hmm. um and you have to sort of be careful when you go to like different buildings like as i was mentioning because like the um, meeting rooms are in like all the different there's Mm -hmm. like four different buildings four or five different buildings but like walking through you would walk past like concept art for like films that haven't been released yet which is like super exciting yeah um but for the most part it's like hush hush but um my other jobs before that it was at a smaller Mm. animation studio Mm. where you had more opportunities to dip your toes in different departments which was fantastic but at dreamworks you're sort of only confined to your role right so like me as a production coordinator i was production coordinator only same Mm. with like the artists they're only like the prop artists or the background artists which kind of sucks because you do feel like the corporate weight on your shoulders and do feel like the cog in the wheel which was it wasn't my favorite it Mm. was great to have that opportunity though and i would definitely go back but i love especially like being at sun and moon now Mm. being able to sort of i'm gonna work in sort of pre-production post-production dabble Mm. a little bit in development which is great because like you always feel on your toes and like you're learning and growing whereas at dreamworks you sort of or like at another bigger studio you just sort of feel combined yeah. yeah i've had lab with like quite a few friends who work in the animation industry where like said they they're part of a big company and 
especially maybe when you first go in you can be working on just sort of like pickups and you know like yes. um overlays and stuff and he said you know i'm where i'm at now because he's working on backgrounds which is like a lot more what you know what he likes to do and in my head i was like well yeah i can see see that line of thinking if you were just adding particles or you know dust effects whereas like actually working on the scenery and stuff would be a lot more interesting wouldn't it so mm-hmm. um yeah i i think that that is a good point but but it also does highlight that aspect where you said about smaller companies and stuff like that it is good as well when you look back on their history that they have collaborated with companies like Ardman and yes. Scholastic and all these different companies so you know many of our favorite films like I said you know like one of our friends you know his favorite film ever is Chicken Run you know so without it's Dream- one of my favorites too yeah. yeah so without DreamWorks you know we may may have never had that chance to, to, to get it so you know and I think that comes from the sort of Spielberg-esque nature of like let's give these guys a chance and let's you know promote filmmaking and and individual stories in that way so yeah I, I think that that is an important one um, obviously they did dip their toe into 3D animation as well which was interesting with Flushed Away um, and that kind of brought in some of the DreamWorks ideals at that time of like oh let's get a bunch of celebrity voices and, and that kind of stuff but um but yeah, any other thoughts on this or like history and like especially what I said about when they had those that those days of having the Rotel Dorado, um Sinbad I think was the biggest loss for them and that was the one that saw like made it made the decision of we are no longer doing two D films. So, you know, what what are your thoughts on that sort of period in which they did go, right, we're gonna try and do the Disney thing, we're gonna try and do two D films and then they went, Right, we're only doing three D films. Yeah, I like their early films, like The Prince of Egypt and Road to El Dorado, but um, it was like a great attempt at them to make a name for themselves, but I still felt like something was missing. There was like yeah. all glitz and glamour, like on the surface, but like beneath everything, it was like empty. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, the, and, and you look at like Prince of Egypt or Road to El Dorado, it was just them trying to be Disney, Yeah. and they haven't like found their voice yet, like they weren't DreamWorks, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it's like they, they want to convey power, you know, like I said, Prince of Egypt obviously has got some great powerful messages and stuff in it but then sometimes you just think oh it's just too bad that they didn't have that weight behind them like the like Disney can say we've got the Disney name to be able to be like we can tell this story whereas obviously Prince of Egypt they they haven't got that name to say like we can do this kind of thing yeah even the fact that like I think Prince of Egypt is objectively one of their best films the fact that people realistically only recognize it today as like an underrated classic i think tells you everything you need to know about it yeah can i just say i'm glad that that's the approach you go with when you were just like yeah. obviously it had some powerful moments but then i was just like watch it yeah wait okay <laughs> okay you said about the weight of the company not the film yeah i'll back down exactly mm-hmm. yeah well like i said the fact that they've made a musical of it i think is you know is signal enough that you know it is a great film and it, it, it works as as a story and as as a musical um but obviously i think more the sinbad kind of you know there's a lot of cool stuff they do animation wise with that film but it does come down to that sort of like period they had in 2d animation where there was things like anastasia swan princess and you know there was you know great when you were kids but again it was just like there's just too much of the same yeah. thing they also, i mean they also tried and drastically failed to go into the director DVD like uh, mm. films as well with um, Joseph. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, with Joseph King of Dreams. Yeah, and, like that was a disaster. <laughs> yeah, um, like that surely is a sign of just like yeah, you can't really imitate the Disney marketing 
aspects as much as you'd like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people I think like uh, spirit, but even that one for me when I was young, you were like, oh, it's a film where the horse isn't talking and it's quite so like you know realistic, and you really need to be invested in in that sort of storytelling. So again not not the biggest sort of like advertisements kids like hey do you want to go see this horse film and it's just like uh you know yeah. or would you yes another to... film ruined by narration yeah so <laughs> or would you prefer to go see like you know an ogre belching and you know donkey you know making quips and, and that kind of stuff and that that's the kind of stuff that sells um so what, what did you think about those early days with um like I said to me when i rewatched shrek i was like oh this was when they understood what was working, which was actually being, let's take everything that Disney does and be anti-Disney, because that film, like I said, even when you when you watch it originally, you can tell, obviously, they're parried in Disney themselves. But when you re-watch it again years later, you don't realise, like, how much, like, it is just, you know, to the point of, like, you know, blowing up, at, like, <laughs> the amount of animals that just die in that film and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, hilarious, you know, and I'm like, Disney would never get away with this. The fact that, like, you know, a bird explodes when Fiona is like singing to it. You know, I don't think that, you know, that is obviously a direct link to Disney. But again, it's just not something that Disney could even do because and the of the their... bear rug like secret thing is just amazing. Yes. Yeah. And actually one of the when again, when you watch it when you're young, you know that there's adult jokes and stuff in there. But I didn't um, pick up ever before when um Lord Farquaad is in bed and he's watching he's like show me the princess again and he's like holding the quilt and he like looks at the mirror and goes like oh and then looks down and I was like oh my god oh man I haven't watched it in years I need to go back (laughs) yeah most of the jokes are still the same but that was one of the ones those little moments yeah yeah, (laughs) you just don't realise it's just a a glance that he gives that tells tells you everything um I love that um, they don't take themselves seriously which like obviously like Disney Pixar they're like huge weight on the stories and like okay this needs to be perfect 110% but like DreamWorks was just like you know what let's take this risk here and we're gonna make all these you know make this ogre film and you know this little midget prince and let's see what happens <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. it just they it's a lot of fun to watch and I mm. bet it was a lot of fun to make you know? it just produces like much much better comedy in that set because yeah. like when they just want to go for like a couple of serious moments um that actually like brings a lot more drama as opposed to like the Disney approach, which is just came out a lot like of seriousness and then the occasional joke, which is like about yeah. two lizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like the I last think also, of their um, um, like, and they scrapped it because they were like, oh, this film Rio is coming out from Blue Sky Animation, and it's pretty much the same sort of concept of like two endangered birds, and you know, like they're keeping them safe, so and they have to hook up together because they to save their species. And it was kind of the same story that they had with this lizard thing. And I was like, I don't think DreamWorks would have done that. Like, you know, I think DreamWorks would have gone, like you said, let's well, clearly take, they didn't. No, yeah. like, they, you know, let's take the risk because you look at a film, like said, like Ants and like Shark Tale, in which they're like, we know that this is going to draw similarities to Finding Nemo or to The Bug's Life, but who cares? We're just going to do yeah. it anyway, kind of thing. Um, and and I, the same with the B movie. It's like, that's so weird a concept, but they're like, meh, <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like they would have made... It's obviously going to be a different film. Mm. You know, like, they would have made, like, changes. And Pixar, they had, like, a personal color yeah. for... There's, like, a little girl, I think, a little African-American girl that they were going to... I think. I can't remember. I might be wrong. But I wish they kind of, like, went ahead because I would have loved to see the story, mm. you know, between the two lizards and the girl and, yeah. you know. It's gonna, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's why I was disappointed in I was like, well, you know, it can have similarities in story, but you could still yeah. diversify Because a lot of people will say what do you prefer, Bugs Life or Ants? And I'm like, they are completely different films, even though on paper they are very much 
about ants. You know, the fact that, like, ants has, like, the ants grouping into balls to, like, you know, make wrecking balls in, like, these... And there's, like, a war scene in which, like, is like, Sylvester Stallone. Ridiculously graphic war scene against maggots. It scarred me as a kid. Like, ants getting, like, dissolved in acid. That's all I can remember. I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, and there's also, like, the foot... The yes. crushing of, oh like, praying mantis. Yeah, and the bees, who he's like, my wife, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, again, they are so such different films. But, again, you know, that Disney kind of thing, which they wouldn't be able to do, and, and, and DreamWorks. So, we'll go on to, like, some of our favourite films now. Um, like I said, we, we picked out, you know, I read through some of the big ones that have come throughout the years, Um like I said, we can pick from any era of DreamWorks. So, you know, we're going through it because, like I said, we, we think that there are some really, you know, stand standout films that they've had throughout the years and have made a massive impact. You know, last year we had uh, the How to Train Your Dragon series sort of ended when they wrapped up with the third film, you know, and fans saw like, you know, you know, you see a lot of stuff online about that and like pictures and stuff. So a lot of fans cling to these franchises and the fact that there's still talks these day to this day about Shrek 5, I think shows as well how much people love this. And like I said earlier in the year is the fact with these TV series, I think they have had Kung Fu Panda series, uh, you know, Penguins TV series, you know, that there's a lot of mileage they can get out of these big franchises. So so what are your guys, some of your favorites? What, what, what have you got, Nia? Um, I love Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. And I think that was like the beginning of um, the DreamWorks renaissance, I guess, if you could call it. Yeah. Like when, um, uh, yeah, like putting their films like on par with Disney and Pixar because like they're taking themselves seriously, I guess, in in terms of like the storytelling. But um, I just love Kung Fu Panda. Like Mm. I cried so much the first time I saw it basically because I could relate to Poe at the time because, you know, Mm. Poe's just struggling with his boring life. Mm. Then he gets this like super random dream for a panda to be a kung fu warrior and his just general journey mm. learning about himself his strengths his weaknesses yeah and it's just meant a lot to me and i love it so much yeah i think one of one of uh, our friends uh cried like a baby when i first saw that with them because of the uh Ugwe, is it the the, t- the turtle when he like they were like oh it was just so beautiful with all the blossoms like yes. floating around him I think in later films, the blossoms like float around. You're like, oh. When he like dies, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. God. Well, what's your, in your mind as well, you said about the DreamWorks uh, renaissance. What What's your sort of thought process with that? I was interested in like, what, what what makes you think down that line? You know, what, what films do you group into that sort of, that era? Uh, definitely like Kung Fu Panda, How to Train Your Dragon, um, mm. even with like Rise of the Guardians. Yeah. Um, just when they sort of, focus less on like the pop culture aspect and more mm. on the characters and the storytelling and the animation sort of like all in the same and yeah, yeah that's when to me I saw like the shift um, mm. just in being able to take them seriously as you know like okay this film isn't going to have all these pop culture fault, fart jokes throw up jokes and like all this other stuff no yeah yeah that's why I loved about Kung Fu Panda as well is that a lot of people could look at it and easily say oh you know did you really need Jackie Chan to voice the monkey and you know they're bringing in these celebrity voices but, but it worked. Yeah, yeah. And, and they really make an effort to, one, you know, show, like, the great, like, Asian um, sort of art style and everything like that, with, like, all the mountains and stuff. And my favourite sequence in that is the bridge scene, um, like, because they really go to some effort in terms of making the fight in impressive. Oh, yeah, those fight scenes? Oh, man. So good. Um, I was never as, like, I don't know, as... Uh, 
captivated by the sequel. I know a lot of people like saw them as the same, but I don't know. There's just something about the sequel that just like I couldn't. I think a lot of people like loved this all like parents thing, but I, I I could never cling to that as much. I did enjoy it though, fine, but I think to me the first one was still still better to me, um, and I did enjoy like uh, was it um, Gary Oldman as a peacock, but. <laughs> But yeah, I think that first one, the bridge scene and the, you know, the end fight with like Dustin Hoffman and uh, being involved. I, I think that one to me was still, but yeah, the, the choreography, they went to like another level to like yes. study that and make like, you know, we're going to have these sequences that are really awesome and, you know, based off these martial arts films and that kind of stuff. And the character designs are just stunning. I love it. And like yeah. the animation, like the acting, it's just so well done. And it doesn't feel like a DreamWorks film. No. Which I, I guess is good. Yeah. But that's just it means so much to me and I just love Kung Fu Panda yeah. and like Hans Zimmer didn't he do the score yeah outstanding yeah. score really good stuff there yes. I love it when um, he's training and the, the dumpling thing that's when the score gets really great in that mm. um, and the food yes the yeah. noodles yeah <laughs> I want to eat it oh man um, but what what was so we talked about Rise of the Guardians before in our Christmas episode what what was it like obviously we didn't get a chance to sort of speak about you know what was it to you that makes that such a, a sort of stand out as well um, well I love the uh, book it's adapted from it's like William Joyce's The Guardians of Childhood book series um, mm. and The Man to the in the Moon the short film is like a continuation yeah. on that but I just love the charm and the sweetness that that film yeah. sort of invokes and just like this band of um, it's like folklore yeah, people coming together just mm. to save the children, to save the world. Yeah, and um, Jack Frost just mm. learning about. It's just like those characters who are like struggling internally to find out who they are and like going through yeah. all this stuff. I can relate to it like so much, and I'm just like, you want to see them win and succeed, and just seeing their journey just like means a lot. Yeah, and but it can. It's like a seasonal film, so it can be Christmas, it can be Easter. Yeah, I just really love it, and it's underrated because people don't mm. like talk about it as much. Yeah. And even when you said about that making themselves different as well, the fact that that film like ends with this sort of like operatic style song and stuff, it, it you know it evokes all the feelings of like you know these mythic figures and stuff like that. And I always appreciate it at the end of the film. I was like, well done for going there, not having this like generic rock song yes. at the end. You know, it's you know they're taking on the fantasy elements, which I always really liked as well. Um, and definitely the yeah, just. The, you know the epic nature which again similar to kung fu panda you know when they you know santa's there with swords you know like you know taking on like the dark creatures and stuff and and you know i get really teary when like uh, the sandman comes back like when oh he, yeah like, you think when he's the, gone i know when the gold comes back and he's there and like i was just like sandman. i wasn't enough thinking about it it's just like you're just like oh he's back you know because he's the symbol of like you know like good and you know he gives all the children like the good memories so yeah yes. it's 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 really really nice film and jude law makes a really good villain yeah yeah the it's, boogeyman it's good voice casting in that one as well i think chris pine as well is really suited to jack frost yes that does a good job in that it's just very heartwarming i was reading online that someone called it the avengers for children and yeah. i was like that's it that's yeah. the perfect yeah. way of describing yeah, that film it's perfect there's also that fun one of um is it i think guardians of the galaxy that and the like owl film in which they're like what kind of weird trilogy is this? Because it's the Guardians <laughs> of Gahul, the Guardians of um, the Galaxy, and then it's and like rise the of Rise it. of the Guardians, and they're like, what crazy trilogy is this? <laughs> one uh, I'm behind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Chris, just going to dedicate all my time now to like writing links in between the three films. <laughs> yes. Uh, Craig, what's some of your standouts or favourites? 
I mean, I, I think it's no secret that my absolute favourite DreamWorks film is The Prince of Egypt. I think... Mm. Excellent uh, choice. As someone who is uh, incredibly a religious, um, I find it is the one thing that brings me anywhere near the idea of spirituality. I think the way that they handle a lot of the themes of the of the story of Moses is incredibly awe inspiring. I think, like for me, it has some of my favorite mu- uh, music, especially in like the burning bush scene, um, and just the way they the way they actually have like uh, Val Kilmer also voice God as well as Moses is a great yeah. great way of bringing God rather than just being like the booming deity from above it's yeah. just like the really spiritual force from like women's eye. it was just great and like uh, just the music as well like I, I still find myself singing Deliver Us from time to time uh, I sang it for an audition for a job before it was to be a Christmas elf that didn't go down well oh, yeah. Um, yeah Um I bet you did an amazing job though I probably did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it also, just as David said earlier, the fact that there's a musical coming um, and like it's it's being written by the same guys who wrote the music and also they did the music for, for like Wicked. Um, so like it's a great legacy there. And I, I'm really excited for the stage musical. Uh, and like, like the cast do a really good job as well. It's like one of the few Jeff Goldblum performances that I don't find utterly weird enough putting. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, just there are just like great moments of fun in, in it as well. I mean, like playing with the big boys now is just a really weird sequence. Yeah. Um, and also just like, yeah, just like really nice, powerful moments. And also the the plagues. You got to yeah. talk. You got to talk about the plagues and just the the strength of that brotherly, like that brotherly conflict. Because like I've seen lots of comparisons between it and like the the Ten Commandments. This this film just destroys that film. Yeah. And also, um, just like said, that they're willing to go there in, the, in terms of the darkness. So not only are they willing to show like the fact that they, you know, kill all the children at the beginning of the film, and and the father is like, yes, you know, I did that, you know, and and then later, like said, the plagues. Then not just the fact the that he did that. He was just like, it's like, oh, they were just slaves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing that annoys me, so that um, yeah, so when I was generally going through like reviews of various films, I came across a review for Prince of Egypt that gave it half a star. And already I was like, okay, I f- this is going to anger me. Mm-hmm. But the reason for, for disliking it was, well, it's just historically inaccurate. <laughs> Come on. It's just like the, the Egyptians didn't feed uh, slave children to their crocodiles. They would have documented it. I'm like, I mean, it's a story from the Bible, man. Like, <laughs> Half like, Star, Rise of the Guardians. It's not historically accurate. That's not there is no universe. Like. There is no universe in which, in which Santa would meet any of these people. <laughs> the boogeyman. Come on. <laughs> so I was just, I was just, I, I felt like leaving a comment, just be like, what, what happened in your life? Yeah. What triggered you? Yeah. Wow. But yeah, so like uh, Prince of Egypt is just my absolute favorite. Yeah. Um, in terms of fa- uh, in terms of like favorite franchise, that goes to How to Train Your Dragon. Even though I'm yet to see the third one, mm. I still haven't seen the third one either. Oh yeah. really? I oh. feel better about myself now yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think one. I think in terms of like the visuals, of what I was talking about earlier, the fact that they focus so much on on like basically simulating flight for people i think i've constantly heard great things about you know uh, with the first one saying like you should go and watch it in 3d as much as possible because it's a really immersive experience uh we went to see the second one in 3d and i think i got a, a, a lot of that and i thought like the way they did the, again the choreo- choreography of the flying was just amazing um 
like the relationships of the characters to the fact that like Hiccup is an incredibly engaging character and even when he like loses his leg he doesn't lose any of his actual charm and charisma and I think uh, especially if you're like you know like a, a child of like a disability it's just a, a really good good positive aspect for that yeah. um, as well as just showing like just how you can break down like prejudices etc within the family um, like all just great messages like great characters I also just like dragons yeah <laughs> I, I'm just not going to lie. Uh, I do have an affinity for dragons. Um, <laughs> well, they do the thing which they do with a lot of, like, animated animals, isn't it? In which they're like, we're going to make these, like, dogs or going to make them, like, cats. Or, you know, they, they like make, pets. like, yeah, mythic characters. Oh, like Toothless things. is just a massive cat, especially the su- yeah. the smiling stuff where they're like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, nobody can see what I'm doing, and that's for their benefit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting with the, the, the third film because... Um, it's the same with Kung Fu Panda. I've yet to see the third film oh, of that God, one. Man. I've yet to see the third film to the How to Train Your Dragon. And, um, yeah, so and there's a bunch of, like, third entries that I just haven't seen of franchises I've, like, dedicated myself to before. And it's just like, yeah, I really should wrap up these trilogies. I think, that's the, I think that's the only major disadvantage of DreamWorks against, like, other studios in that they were... As, as much as they're willing to take risks, they're also quite willing to go into, like, the sequel territory. And I think, to some degree, they risk burnout in that case. Because I think there's, like, a lot of, like, franchises they end up cre- creating. Yeah. Which, given the amount of third films of the franchise you've, you've admitted you haven't seen, mm. it's probably, like, a small example of that. Yeah. Where, like, I think, because, like, for ages, Pixar, uh, for example, was not like that until recent, uh, until, like, recent years where they weren't really... They yeah. just go for like the individual stories, and I think Toy Story is the only one where they really did that. Yeah. Then they started taking the liberty with cars, mm. then monsters, it, and then they just pushed it further. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But At I least think- I think in, in more recent years, DreamWorks has kind of corralled it a bit and just like own and use the sequel like sparingly. Yeah, I think it's this, like how successive it was as well. With like, yeah. Pixar would be like years, but you know people had to wait years for Finding Dory or. You know, you had, like, big gaps between sequels. It was obviously, like, yeah, Madagascar. It was, what, it was quite, like, you know... Yeah, because with, like, what, Incredibles, that was, like, what, 14 years? Like yeah, that? so... Yeah. But, like, to me, like, the like Madagascar, especially 1, 2, I'm always like, which film is that happening again? Because it's, like... Are escape- you joking? <laughs> well, not the third one. This, no, no, no. Like, 1 and 2 are so distinctly different. Yeah, well, Escape to Africa... I suppose, yeah, when I when I think about the actual story elements of it, but just, like, on food. The first thought. one is, like, they go to a desert island and then, <laughs> and then like, the lion starts wanting to eat everybody. Yeah, but that's what makes me think that could happen in the second one because they're with all the other lions. So that's why I was just like... No, but that's, like, different <laughs> story. Like, I, I don't know if it's just, like, remember the visuals so distinctly different, but to me, there's no way I can confuse them. Yeah. And then, obviously, the third one, which is the circus stuff. Yeah, oh. that, that's one of the few... Scenarios where I think the third one is the best of, of a series, though, because it is. Wow, just I never ludicrous. saw those because no. I was just like, this isn't for me. No, yeah. fair enough. The first one is no. stupid, weird. It's yeah. just weird. Yeah. <laughs> the second one is like, eh. and then the third one is actually like, okay, it's still weird, but somewhat enjoyable, but still strange. Um, and yeah, and then they have the penguins <laughs> as well. So yeah, that's another example of again, Disney wouldn't do that sort of thing. Of let's have a spin-off with these characters. It's very much that kind of minions kind of yeah. thing of like you know and let's take a we can't do another sequel but we'll do a spin-off with these popular characters kind of thing um nia you also had um how to train your dragon as one of your favorites as yes. well was it was it anything you wanted to bring um, up on that i just sort of again i love the risk taking and mm. it, it doesn't follow like the cookie cutter 
normality of like the storytelling that you would see at the other studios and I just like it's a charming film likable mm. story I love dragons I love the world that it built and it's set like I want to go there I yeah. want to ride a dragon I wish that was my job yeah, yeah. you know that kind of stuff and like the fearlessness and the willingness it took to take those big risks and mm. put that out in the world I know it's not an original story because it's based off like a book yeah or like a book series, I yeah. think. I think but they kind of go in the opposite direction, though, because yeah. the, I think the book is more like it starts off with everyone already rides dragons and that kind of stuff, and Hiccup is the only one who can't ride a dragon, I th- from what I've heard. Oh, okay, I haven't so, read the books, but... Yeah, I think I've, I've spoken to somebody who's read the books, and he was like, it is based off the books, but it's completely different. So, that's so it's good. essentially taking the world of the books, but actually putting its own original spin on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And right, that works with that. me, yeah. 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 So. Yeah, um, I just like how whimsical, how exciting it is. I love the animation. Yeah. It's just so exciting. Yeah, and I think it's great for kids as well that they do, like you said, you have um, TV series and stuff for it. Because to me, it does remind me of like, you know, back in the days of like when Aladdin came out and you'd have the Aladdin TV show to watch on Disney Channel and Hercules come out and you were like watching the Hercules TV series. I think that's what a lot of kids might get from How to Train Your Dragon and Kung Fu Panda. They can still live these films through the TV shows and stuff Also, as well. just the TV shows are significantly better than the Disney ones ever produced. I don't know if it's just because of the fact they use mm. uh, the 3G animation, which means that they don't look like utter trash. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if you revisit, like, a Disney TV show, good God, is it hideous. Yeah. <laughs> it's especially compared to, like, yeah, if you watch... If, if it was somebody who's like, oh, watch all the Aladdin films in, like, a row, it's like, well, you're going to have a steep animation downgrade between, like, it's one and sad. two. kind of sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. some artists had to work on that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me as well, and I know Craig brought this one up before, um, I think Shrek 2 is yeah. definitely Shrek one of my two. stones. Shrek 2! Yeah. yeah. Um, like, as again, I watched Shrek 1 because I hadn't watched it in years, but it still can't trump the second one which again is one of those rare things you know it's kind of like Toy Story and um, Star Wars in which the sequel you know a lot of people say that the sequel is better and a lot of my feelings towards that is because it is a perfect example of how to do a sequel and you know there's if there's a lot of people who love Shrek and if you go on YouTube you'll see that because there's plenty of video essays about it because I think people obviously grew up on these films but yeah I could easily write an essay about how good Shrek 2 is I, I just love it especially if you're looking at it from the perspective of if the reason that Shrek was so popular in that it was like anti-Disney I think Shrek 2 did basically for the mainstream what a lot of Disney films just wouldn't ever do which is which is deconstructing the idea of the happily ever after right yeah. the fact that it's one of the few like fairy tale films in which you actually see a fully developed relationship just mm. put through like more trials. Yeah. It's just something that is incredibly unique to it. And then when you add in like all like all of the like satire about like Hollywood culture, um, it's just it's just fantastic. Yeah, and I think also watching the first one it made me realize how more powerful as well the the ogre human angle was because it's such a big part of the first film in which he's you know like I'm not beautiful and then at the end he's like but you are beautiful and then to have him then go through that like you know confidence throughout the first film to then go well actually maybe I should change myself for her and she would change as well but it does make me laugh as well watching the first film where like you know um, my Prince Charming he's like only Prince you know a kiss from Prince Charming can break true love's kiss so it's the fact that they've also gone through the first film and gone you know Prince Charming it literally was Prince Charming not like a figurative you know like Prince Charming it is the guy called Prince Charming was meant to kiss you 
you know, and, and like he got there and like Shrek had got there first kind of thing. So it was a great way of opening the first film. Um, but yeah, but also just setting up that, that drama. It's a great example of introducing, ca- you know, fun characters. I've seen it a lot before where people say about like ha- knowing your limitations. So a lot of people say, you know, Puss in Boots doesn't need his own film because what makes him great is how underplayed and how, how little you get of him in the Shrek films, which, like I said, you know, I think is something you can agree with with a lot of franchises these days. Um, but yeah, I, again, it's, it's also that... Um, that idea and I think I was watching it I was like did Shrek start this trend obviously music in film was already a big thing but I think they started this trend of like having big pop music track well I I say big pop music sometimes it's completely bizarre stuff but having um, yeah like generics or pop music played over instead of having scores or musical themes you know they have the um, you know rock star you know hey now you're a rock star at the beginning of Shrek and there's a lot you know they have like a random yeah and they have I'm gonna let you finish yeah. it first because if you're if you're about to say the song I think you're going I to don't say think so. be, go on no I was gonna say that they have a random um, oh what are they called walk 500 miles guys the, uh, proclaimers yeah they have a random <laughs> proclaimers song in first Shrek that's what I was where uh, when Shrek and Donkey are making their way to the castle is it it's, it's very small okay. not, not long. you're not talking about the song I thought you were about to talk no, about I would genuinely strike if you didn't recognise Hallelujah yeah no I I, <laughs> I knew we were, we were talking about the same songs so. good because um, you worry me sometimes yeah. <laughs> but yeah when you see films like Guardians of the Galaxy which uses you know old 70s music and stuff and you're like did Shrek start this trend of using like popular music in, in, you know to tell and they literally do that so well in the second Shrek they have you know like Shrek's there and there's a song going like I can't sleep, da, 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 you know, and and then you have the amazing finale, which is you know I need a hero with yes. Jennifer Saunders, which is just one of the best moments in, in film ever. Um, you know, have you got a big history with the Shrek franchise with Sania? Or not really? It's been no. years since I uh, watched it, so I definitely need to give them both a rewatch. But yeah. I know for the second one, I need a hero. Yeah. With yeah, that's basically what I like re- can see Shrek 2 like Smash Mouth yeah. Shrek 1 yeah. yeah but I think it just depends on like the film mm. um, what type of music that you would use I guess yeah. but yeah it does seem bizarre some of the music choices like when you go back like the ones that you're mentioning I'm like yeah. oh my god they did do that yeah exactly yeah. You know. well you know it's like again in Shrek 2 they have that moment where he's changed himself into human and, and they play David Bowie changes when they're going through the town and again if it, it fits so well um, it's like again James Gunn will go through the Guardians films and he will write the songs into the script so that they work with the story so it's almost I think they've done that kind of approach mm-hmm. rather than making the film and then go oh and let's put this song over the top this seems to work well it seems like they've integrated it into the script or the story um, but yeah I, again I just love like how, how Craig said you know how many risks they take how how crazy it is at times and like you said you can see from then the third film what it loses you know the first two films are so much about you know identity and being happy with yourself and him pleasing Fiona that then the sec the third film loses that because they're no longer they don't carry on the same message so where's the Toy Story films always sort of succeed for carrying on that similar message you know I think what the third Shrek film lost was oh well now let's look at the struggles of him being worried about being a dad and all this kind of stuff it was like well 
that's that's not what made the first two films successful. It was the fact that he was struggling with being married and in laws, but that was intertwined with him being an ogre again. You know, so if the third film had gone down, I'm worried about being a dad because they're going to be ogre children. And all might, that kind of stuff as well. Like what? yeah, it just. It was an excuse to get Justin Timberlake in, in a 3D oh, animated God. film. I don't, I don't I mean, think I had, saw the third one. No. It had not. what... I only saw, like, the last half, weirdly. <laughs> Thank you, BBC Free. Um, <laughs> but it had one joke that I thought was funny, uh, which was, like... Because, uh, obviously, they have, like, lots of the, like, princesses, or, like, essentially the Disney princesses there. Um, so you have Snow White, and she's just there doing her singing with the birds, and then she starts, like, singing uh, the opening to... Um, the immigrant, the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so she's there with these birds, like in army formation, like Hah! it's like Jesus Christ them to, <laughs> to attack the castle. Um, yeah. I was the only bit I laughed. Everything else, I was like, "What is going on?" Um, I also think uh, the Croods is one worth mentioning, um, just because I, again, when that came out, I, I I sort of appreciated how vivid it was in its animation style they very much go for you know we're telling the story of cavemen and we're not gonna do a modern caveman thing of like you know they they act like cavemen and you know they look like cavemen like it's got emma stone voicing a cave woman it would be very easy to make a pretty looking cave woman but no like she is quite ugly <laughs> like you know she's got like this sort of like big hair and big teeth and it's again a, a good example of great casting you know i think that she works well as uh, Eep. Uh, Nicholas Cage works well as like the father, um, and there's just a lot of like fun cookie moments in that film. The opening, they're trying to like get an egg, um, you know, to eat, and it's got this like crazy like uh, the soundtrack really works well at that point. Um, there's some like you know sort of Flintstone esque stuff in it, um, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's similar to that Renaissance era in which they went, well, what's the story of this? And they make a link back to that and, you know, tell the story of how a father is being protective of his family but needs to see the light and, and carry on. And, and, yeah, they do some really inventive stuff with, like, because obviously it's prehistoric, they make it so almost like the land is what the ocean would look like now underneath, but it's before the ocean has come fully in. So it's like all these, like, walk whales with feet and, you know, like um, coral reefs but on land and that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, I really like that. And even the end of the film, they even, because they have so many cookie animals amongst it, I love how at the end the father's like trying to get back to the family and he's just picking up random animals to like save them. Like they got like these two, uh, what do you call them? Uh, koala type things. And they're sort of linked by one tail. Nice. Um, and he's like picking up all these different animals to save them. Um, and it also has that great joke that me and when we saw in the cinema, Craig, do you remember this? When. Um, the son gets the dog and he's just like I'm going to call you Douglas and they're like on top of a tree and he's like roll over Douglas and the dog oh, yeah. rolls, the dog rolls over and just falls and you don't see him for like half an hour then so he's like roll over he rolls over and then he just goes and you're like oh <laughs> did they go there did they kill this dog and then like I said right at the end of the film the, father, the father's like I know that guy and he picks up the dog and gives it back to his son but for an entire 30 minutes of the film you think that this dog has oh, genuinely wow. like gone but again it's that DreamWorks thing we were saying about like they'll go there like there's plenty of times earlier in the film in which animals will just die and like you know like people will you know they were like we're the crudes and you know we're the only family survived there was the crunks but they got killed by mosquitoes there was the da 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 and you know it shows in animation all these families getting killed and stuff so you know you gotta gotta appreciate that 
Have you guys ever seen Have you seen The Croods? No, but no. you convinced you, me. You, you know I've yeah. seen The Croods. Yeah, yeah. We, we saw it in the sit. I love you, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I you said, what are it? your experiences yeah. slash have you seen The Croods was aimed at Neo. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have I mean, not. That is not what you said, but okay. <laughs> I mean, Craig, I haven't Craig, seen... have you seen The Croods? <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw it at 12 o'clock at night in a cinema with you, David. I should hope oh, so. Yikes. No, but like, I haven't seen the film in ages, so I can't remember like so many of the fine details of it. But like, I do remember the actual like formation of the family scenes like the specifically what you're talking about with the egg i remember those being incredibly creative yeah um yeah and i i've I've always found like the end where like essentially like the world collapsing and being like incredibly intense Mm. um and like enjoying it on those grounds yeah um yeah i I don't think i can really add too much without seeing it again i think like said the first half is like you do kind of think oh is this a bit too silly where they do have a lot of these jokes of like the baby the biting people and they're all like vicious over food and stuff but if you stick with it a bit more you're like you you understand the choices they make and they, they have a good level of restraint as well mm. that's great and it's actually from director chris sanders who did lilo and stitch so yeah. it, you know it makes sense uh, you convinced me to give it a watch yes because yeah. when it came out i was like i don't know yeah, yeah it was kind of one of those mm. interestingly the year it came out i was like gonna i wanted like I was going for a protest vote in the Oscar nominations because they didn't nominate the Lego movie that year. So I was like, screw it. I want the oh, Croods. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I want the Croods to win just to be in, you know, screw you Academy. Oh, that was of. that year? I think mm. so, yeah. It was either that or... But also, we also know that I'm quite a fan of Monsters University where people like down on that film. And yeah. It might have been that year as well. But either way, I just There's didn't just, want... I didn't want it to be the conventional Disney choice. And I was mm. like, you know, give it to the Croods. You know, this protest. Oh, so you didn't want it to be Big Hero 6? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To be fair, I agree with that, but yeah. I I don't know, like lack of alternatives, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Um, any other any other notable ones or points to make before no? Only that Shark Tale sucks. <laughs> yeah. Shark I hundred percent forgot about that film. Yeah, hundred ten percent. I I can never the forget. car wash scene on the water. Guys, yeah, I, that's I can, all I remember. I can never forget. Um. <laughs> also, it's weird when you think of the like I said the the strangest sort of films and like the attempts like said to be different um I, I remember trying to watch mr peabody and sherman but again that was a similar thing of like this isn't for me this that was very mm. chi- like child aimed um i never saw like home i think so and the boss baby i know again has a series and has his fans but again that was the period of dreamworks in which i'm like i don't feel that these films are for me anymore but but now that they do seem to be going for some more sort of like it uh individual stories and stuff hopefully yeah they, they start to get back on track um so the big question as well is through our conversation you know we go now to our section the movie vault uh, to see if we think that there's anything worth submitting to the vault of all movies to encapsulate them for all time they can be good they can be bad it's just whether we think they should be there to be remembered nia what do you think i think i like to add kung fu panda yeah. Um, because for me, it's like easily one of DreamWorks' best animated films. Yeah. The story is great. Characters are, are well voiced out, and the movie has a lot of messages mm. to deliver to the audience. Um, and it doesn't even feel like a DreamWorks story because the film doesn't take itself too seriously. But at the same time, the character and um, the story is locked. The character designs are yeah. gorgeous. The sets, holy moly. Yeah. Um, the animation stellar. It's full of a plethora of, of amazing treats. Mm. Um, those fight scenes. Um, especially for animation, it's like worthy with um, like Jackie Chan, yeah. Bruce Lee. It's just fantastic, um, and it's for me, it's DreamWorks finally raising the bar in terms of um, 
storytelling and yeah. animation. Um, and that carries on to the future films like How to Train Your Dragon and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's my submission. Okay, cool. Craig, what do you think? Prince of Egypt, please. <laughs> I mean, the question is how, how much do we want to narrow this down? Because I think there's a lot of great films we talked about today and I feel... Yeah, well, I think it's it's important, like I said, to uh, acknowledge that era of 2D films because even though, like Nia said earlier, they're not perfect, you know, like I really love The Road to El Dorado because I can... I watched it only two days ago because I'm like, it's kind of one of those films that's like a comfort when you're ill or you're trying to go to sleep or something like that. So I would be happy for something like Prince of Egypt to be there to represent that 2D animation era in which they did make successful stuff, but like I said, it just wasn't as financially successful as, as it needed to be. And it has a powerful enough themes to, to, to warrant it. So Prince of Egypt, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, when it gets into the 3D stuff, there are so many, like I said, I don't know whether we would be killed because there are so many, like, How to Train Your Dragons fans and whether whether that should go in there or not. But then, like I said, you know, uh, I love Shrek 2, but then do you also push no, Shrek 1? No, what I'm asking is, does it, have to, does it have to literally be one each? No, I don't think so. Like, we could still choose multiples, but yeah. just at what point do we limit mm. it as well? Yeah. I just so, pick one, Kung Fu Panda, because it's my favorite. Yeah. And it means a lot to me. And for animation, too. That's a, That was my sort of approach to like how does this yeah. help grow animation and like stories but you, yeah. you make a good point in okay yeah well if we did go for one each i suppose like craig's got the 2d animation angle you've got the uh great uh what it does for animation angle so i suppose shrek 2 gives you the like how to do a sequel side of things i don't know is, is there any other feelings on any of the others i'd say we'll keep it to three well, what I would argue four and put in the original How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, if you put in another one, there's that. Yeah. Because so I, I feel like that's also an objectively great film. And as you say, I, I, I like to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> so do we, do, does Shrek miss out then? Though? No, I, I I just said yeah. four. Okay. So, oh, so make Shrek, it four, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So De- but Shrek, we all agree Shrek 2 more than Shrek 1. Yes. You know what? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right, so going into the movie vault this week then is Kung Fu Panda, The Prince of Egypt, How to Train Your Dragon, and Shrek 2. Into the movie vault you go. Endgame time. So obviously we've been talking a lot about how we as... Uh, people who have worked in the industry of animation as well as people who take a very critical approach to films uh, see the the works of DreamWorks. But we also have to look a little bit at fan reactions. So in this end game called DreamWorks of Art, um, this is uh, what we're basically doing is uh, I've gone through various review sites, and by that I mean Rotten Tomatoes, um, basically looking at various people's reactions to various people's films. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you uh, a review uh, of a film given by someone, and I want you to try and guess which DreamWorks film they're referring to. Amazing. For some of them, there'll be a bonus point if you can guess out of out of five stars how many stars they gave it. So I'll tell you if this was a if this was a ranked review or not, um, and there will be bonus points for that potentially. So in this one, obviously because uh, Nia, you're the only guest uh, this time, you'll be up against David. <sighs> Um, so David had me pitted up against uh, our two guests in the Pixar in the Pixar round. Nice. Uh, the one thing I would say is that uh, it's we're not doing every single film, but it's only one review per film, so it won't be a case of I've taken like multiple reviews for different uh, for the same film. 
is once the film comes up, it won't come up again. Okay, perfect. So if you can also write down your review, so I can uh, films you think it is, so you don't hear who says go who goes first and goes, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Like some cheats have tried to on the show before. Wow. So are we ready? Yep. So the first one we have is a ranked review. So this one does have a star rating out of five. I'll also say to be upfront, you can have a half star rating as well. So it can be like two and a half stars, etc. Okay. What if you're like, I guess it's like the person closest to the number wins or does it have to be the exact guess? Tell you what, to be nice, if you get the exact star rating, I will give you two points. Mm. If not, the closest person to it will get a point. That's fair. Okay. David seems happy with this. I will go ahead. (laughs) So we're going with the film it is and the the ranking they've given. Yeah, exactly. Ready? You like jazz? Best movie of all time. It clearly deserves an Oscar. You like jazz? Say it once more. You like jazz? Best movie of all time. It clearly deserves an Oscar. No, this is not a whiplash review. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Dreamworks. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. So we'll start with Nia. Honestly, I just put Shark Tale and I put half a star. You're going for Shark Tale, half yeah. a star? David? Um, I went for B-movie and went five star. Okay. So, Nia, your answer is... David, your answer is... Oh! <laughs> I thought, I was just like, I know the Jerry Seinfeld thing and the bees, so I thought, well, it does seem likely there would be jazz music in oh, that film. Oh, I never because, saw the yeah, B-movie. I never saw... So if I've seen bits of it, but I just knew from the the tone of the film, it seemed the most likely film to have jazz in it. Oh my yeah. god! So um, yeah, so now uh, so for that one, David gets a point. However, when it comes to the star ratings, um, so the ranking that this reviewer gave it was oh yeah, we should probably hear you. So you said half a star. Yes. And you said five star. <laughs> so David's answer is. They gave oh. it five out of five. Oh, my God. <laughs> so at that point, David gets three points. Get it, David. And they, like they, that... They thought it deserved an Oscar, so I thought they, and they like that, committed. the game seems broken. Um, excellent. We can go uh, so next, uh, next review. Uh, this was not ranked. So I feel a bit annoyed because this review has already been mentioned before this show was started recording, so you're both probably going to get it right. But are oh. we ready? One character farts glitter and another one poops cupcakes. Oh. You could not ask for a better in-movie metaphor. Literally, the, the review that turned me off was it. So I can't remember which one. Oh. I, I shouldn't have used this trusted website. To mm. like, it was... But it I was, wrote it down. It was the film that triggered the entire mm. genre conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, um, the rating as There's well. There's no rating. Oh, okay. Because this was a uh, a top critic who did not give a rating. Yeah. So, David? Trolls. Trolls. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was Trolls. <laughs> yeah, but then I was like, wait, the first one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, no, I would not <laughs> yeah. expect him to be looking into the yeah. second one. I was like, oh, God. But, excellent, so you both get a point. 
Next one. So again, this is a ranked review. Do not let your children watch this movie unless you like watching them cry. Oh. It's like the thing is, I can't remember all the DreamWorks films, so I'm just yeah. like... I'm trying to think of, like, the ones that are emotional. And, like, now I'm just thinking of, like, the ones that we mentioned are emotional. Could you read it one more time? Is that okay? Do not let your children watch this movie unless you like watching them cry. I'm going to go with the negative on this. Yeah, I'm going to go. And it's a rating as well. There is a rating for it, yeah. Okay, are we ready? We'll see. Okay. Uh, Nia? Honestly, I was just I went with ants. Okay. Because uh, whatever, and I've just put two stars because I have no idea. <laughs> so you've gone for ant and two, uh, ants and two stars. Yeah. David? I've also gone for ants and two stars. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, uh, like, in my mind, I was thinking Kung Fu Panda and Rise of the Guardians. I was like, no, we cried at those films. Yeah. So it I was just thinking if it's like, don't let your children yeah. watch it, then. Don't. So I, I think it's appropriate. However, they are... <laughs> Um, okay. Which also means the uh, the rating as well is. Uh, it was actually Spirit, Stallion of the Several. Oh, right, okay. Jeez. And they gave it half a star. Mm. I know, I was thinking, how harsh is it if they don't want kids to watch it? I was like, well, they might have yeah. still enjoyed it to a degree. <laughs> mm. So, okay. This next review is a non ranked review. Um, are we ready? Yep. This flashy Fantasia attempts to fuel inject an American dream that is stuck in a recessionary slow lane. Wow, that's quite wordy. That, that is again. quite. <laughs> this flashy Fantasia attempts to fuel inject an American dream that is stuck in a recessionary slow lane. The thing is, I think I read that as well because I was creeping oh. Rotten Tomatoes, but then I can't remember. Like, oh, okay. I know. Is this rated? This no. is not. So this is a professional review. I promise you, once we get to some more of the fan reviews, they are amazing. Are we ready? Yes. David, what do you think it is? Um, I went for Prince of Egypt. Okay. I did as well. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, it's Turbo. Oh, turbo? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's loads of car-related speed things. So it's obviously the snail who's going super fast. But what? Say the review again. Flashy Fantasia attempts to fuel inject right. an American dream that is stuck in a recessionary slow lane. Oh, I think no. me and Nia focused on the Fantasia. Yeah, the Fantasia musical. And element. I was like, oh, okay, so if it's 2D, maybe they're talking about the recessionary, the slow lane of it being a 2D animated film or something. So I never saw Turbo. Okay, number five. So I have copy and pasted some of these reviews directly, and I think they add to the prestige. Perfect. Are we ready? This was a ranked review. Right. The best animated movie I have ever seen. High cap and totals are the best caricatures. <laughs> Say it again. The best animated movie I have ever seen. High cap and totals are the best caricatures. I have no idea. Okay. I didn't need to hear it again. I just wanted Craig to like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to offer to say it again. No more. This one is just a guess. Uh, was this rated? Sorry, this is rated. Yes. Say it once more. The best animated movie I have ever seen. High cap and totals are the best caricatures. <laughs> 
Let's start with Nia. Honestly, I was just like Puss in Boots, and I did uh, a random four-star guess. Okay, so you've gone um, Puss in Boots, four stars. David? Mm. I went for How to Train Your Dragon and five stars. Okay. Nia? Mm. David? What the heck? Good job, dude. <laughs> yeah, so the they meant to put like Hiccup dragon. and Toothless. Oh. But, they, but they called them High Cap and Totals. Oh, I thought they were getting the names right, but they were just the names of dragons because they have weird dragons. No, 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 no. They, they, they clearly meant to put Hiccup and Toothless. <laughs> okay. like, they also spelt characters wrong, don't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I they thought put, that was the major flaw. That's the thing. No, they just put characters. <laughs> uh, in terms of the uh, ranking, uh, David... I they gave it five stars? Yeah. If it's it, the best David. animated film they'd ever seen, I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah. Best anime. To be fair, there are loads of people who say that Pokemon the Movie 3 is the best Pokemon movie and still rate it like two stars, yeah. Yeah. despite never saying anything negative against it. So. Yeah. Or sometimes you're not sure if they're being sarcastic with, like, this yeah. is the greatest thing ever. So I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like the sort of um, Amelia Clark at the, the last series of Game of Thrones. Best season ever! Yeah. Uh, or the... Um, Best animated film ever, but I don't appreciate the animation, so I won't give it. You know, mm. but it's like no. <laughs> it's like who are you? Get off! Yeah. Get off here. Okay, excellent. So next, next review. This is a ranked one as well. Okay. Take it from me. This movie is brilliant. Don't go by its silly child pandering name. This film is for everybody. Okay. Nia. I put Kung Fu Panda, and I put four stars. You put four stars, David. I put Kung Fu Panda and then I like hastily put two at the end. <laughs> right at the That's not what you've written though, David, is it? You've rung Fung Fu Panda. Oh, yeah. Fung Fu Panda. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and what did you give it? Five stars. Five stars. So, David, you are? Oh. Nia, you are? Oh. It was, okay. It's the original Kung Fu Panda. So, did you did you get it by the child panda-ing? Um, no, I just was thinking of DreamWorks names that are like childish childish in a okay. way and I was yeah. like no that was the pun they were going for they literally ah. put panda in. oh I, uh, I thought of that and then I also thought it was near but then because I know the second one was called like the kaboom of doom at one point I uh, thought like I maybe that's where it's been mm. so now we come to the r- rating and we said I would give a point to whoever is closest because neither of you got his actual rating However, its actual rating is four and a half stars. Oh, I was okay. going to go for four and a half stars. <laughs> so at that point, you you both get a point. Nice. So, oh, I was so close to choosing four and a half. And I thought, no, this is, this is a user review. They don't usually go for half. Oh, man. <laughs> Never go back on that gut feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we've got another ranked review. Lots of pop culture references, a star-studded cast, but no actual movie. Okay. Uh, sorry, did say rating on that? Or is it? it is rated, yeah. Right. Let's start with David. Um, I went for Shark Tale with one star. Shark Tale with one star. Nia? I went random. It's Megamind, right? That's what it's called? Streamlined? Yeah. Yep. I went with Megamind and two stars. Megamind and two stars. Yeah. Okay, so Nia? Mm. David? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did mention Megamind in the conversation. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people do love that film, but I, I just haven't seen it. But and then uh, in terms of the rank, uh, in terms of the rating, David is. Oh wow! It was wow. one star. Get oh it my with God. <laughs> I beat on Rod Twiles way too much. Yeah, usually, it. usually dissing films. <laughs> okay, 
So this next one is another ranked review and probably my absolute favourite of the weird ones. Are we ready? Way worse than the original. He's taken in this one, so I can't date him. So I give this movie 6 out of 69. Boom! <laughs> 6 out of 69? <laughs> kind of I'll, I'll let you think about what they're referring to, David. Oh, God. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, again, is way worse than the original. He's taken in this one, so I can't date him. So I give this movie 6 out of 69. Boo! Love it. Is the boo all caps? <laughs> it's not, but it, it is the extended O. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, are we ready? Yeah. David, let's start with you. Well, I've gone for consistency, so I've gone with Fung Fu Panda 3. Right. <laughs> uh, obviously, Kung Fu Panda 3. Yeah. Uh, and half a star. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, <clears throat> I went with Shrek 2, half yeah. a star. Okay, so David. <coughs> Nia. Oh, oh right. Uh, so it is indeed like, Shrek 2. Yeah, no. those um, are the two films, like, they get together with somebody. and it was like, like, does she have the hots for Shrek? That's what I mean, the she review must told do. me. My, yeah. my, my feeling was that it would somebody be more likely to have the hots for Jack Black, mm. and that's why they wouldn't like. So I was thinking... But is he ever in a relationship in the Kung Fu Panda films? Yeah, the third one, he has, like, a sure. okay. uh, love interest. But I, I was finding it hard to believe somebody would want... Mike Myers, it's like, but Shrek. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she could be gross. Um, uh, in terms of the rating, given the fact that both of you are giving it half a star, I mean, by default you get a point, but neither of you are right. It's two and a half stars they oh. gave it. Oh. Which doesn't represent this six no. out of six, it doesn't 69. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. yeah. So, next up. This is not a uh, not a ranked review. Perfect. So... For the most part, it's Neanderthal compared to the Pixar stable. Okay, Nia. I just put the crudes. David? Yeah, also going for the crudes. Yeah, that's not nice about Neanderthal. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was... Yeah, makes perfect sense. Cool. So the next two reviews that we have are both ranked. Um, So get ready. Perfect. With breathtaking animation and a beautiful soundtrack, this isn't one to pass over. Could you read it one more time? With breathtaking animation and a beautiful soundtrack, this isn't one to pass over. Are we ready? Yes. And do we have ranks for both of them? Yeah. Cool. So we'll start with David. Uh, I'll go on for the Prince of Egypt <laughs> and five stars. Nia? I did the Prince of Egypt four stars. Oh. Oh, okay. So in terms of the film, you if are... If this does the same thing as last time, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> yeah, it is the Prince of Egypt. Uh, does anyone know the secret giveaway of that review Passover Passover oh wow people love their puns on this on Ron Tomatoes don't they yeah Yeah. Uh, in terms of the ranking um, one of you is correct oh Oh, okay that's not so bad then David oh get it David they did give it five stars I thought it was going to be another I was so close to four and a half and when you said like I was like oh please don't be another four and a half no it's, it's not so cool and then the final review and for you, Nia, this is in all caps. Yes. <laughs> How on earth do critics find Despicable Me better than this movie? Ah! <laughs> right, I don't know if I need that repeated for the context, but it might do just for Craig's acting ability. <laughs> okay, I'm going to back away from the microphone. <laughs> so again. How on earth do critics find Despicable Me better than this movie? Ah! I honestly don't know. Uh-huh. 
It's like my mind is blank in terms of like the filmography at this point. Five, four, three, two, one. Ready? Yes. Nia. I put Boss Baby, uh, two out of five. Okay. David? I've gone Mega Mind based on what we were saying earlier, and I've gone for that four and a half star just in case it's eluding me again. Okay. So, Nia, you are. Oh. Rip. David? Oh. It was Mega Mind. Uh, I think the comparison they were making was Bad Guy Goes Good. Oh. So they were saying, like, this film is much better than Despicable Me. Right. So. I just I was just thinking in my head of, like, what was a DreamWorks film that maybe wasn't as critically praised as Despicable Me, and I thought Megamind might be one that yeah. was slated. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the story comparisons. Right. Uh, so they ranked it as five stars. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which means that David, with his four and a half stars... Oh, closest. Was close. Still got it in there. So, um, yep, those are all the reviews. Uh, so, at the end of that, I think looking at the scores, I'm not going to read them out. But David is <laughs> looks Great like work. looks like Thank a professional you. reviewer is the one who wins out. <laughs> um, here fair. is your little trophy, Thank and you. also these are two reviews I really loved, but couldn't include them in the actual game because of swearing. Yes. But somebody reviewed Spirit Stallion of the Semeron with 5 out of 5 with this review of, if you don't think this movie is 5 out of 5 stars, then you could burn in hell, f*** face. <laughs> and my personal favourite, my wife left me after seeing this film, f***ing Karen doesn't know the true beauty of this movie. Oh. And I was talking about Shark Tale. Ooh. <laughs> I'm with Karen on this. <laughs> I think everyone's with Karen yeah. on this. <laughs> Uh, well, yes, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you. Uh, interested as always. And like I said, uh, this is with, in spirit as well, Nia. This <laughs> it with in spirit, Stallion the yeah, Semeron. Spirit, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, it's been lots of fun today. It's been nice and refreshing. Like I said, it's, it's not the you know, most happy of times out there in the world with all different viruses and wars and presidential elections and stuff. But today we're here talking about nice old animation and giving yes. us some positive feels and vibes. And uh, we'll be back with that again when we talk about uh, Mulan in our next episode which we look forward to so thank you for joining us Nia where can we find you I know you said you saw eluding social media but you still have all your social yes, handles yeah I'm on um, Twitter and Instagram at aloofness oh cool so yeah go follow Nia there and you can see some pretty cool stuff in Yay. terms of uh, what she's working on at the moment and Cardiff Animation Festival as That's well right. if you're Next local month. please support and go to that uh, you can catch us as usual on Well Good Movies on Instagram and Facebook and at freshtakehub.com slash wellgoodmovies. If you want to see all our written stuff, then that is also on Fresh Take Hub, which you can find on all the same social channels as well. So thank you guys. It's been lots of fun today. It's been a nice Sunday talking about some fun animated films. Uh, especially good for like you said when you're sort of like trying to relax or de-stress. You just talk about Definitely. some sort of simple, nice animation. Uh, how are you feeling, Craig? Yeah, fine. Oh, like, good. chill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so thank you, guys. Uh, we'll catch you uh, soon. And uh, like I said, please rate us, follow us on uh, all the great podcast channels, uh, review us, and like us on all the social medias. And we'll be back with you again soon. And uh, hopefully we'll have Nia back as well. Yeah. Uh, be talking some fun movies. Catch you on the next one. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Ciao.
Thank you, darling.